So hi there, this is Jack Miller, the CEO of T3 Experts, with another one of our T3 Fellows mentor interviews. And I'm here today with Leighton Dees of uh, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate to talk about his experience of growing and developing his brand and in, and building his business and his market. So Leighton, are you here with us? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me. Perfect. So um, tell us a little bit about how you came to start your brokerage. What Give us the, the, the startup story uh, for your company. Okay. Um, I was I was at uh, probably the largest company here in town um, when I got into real estate, and um, I uh, got going in 05 after a, a pretty ugly divorce and uh, came back home to uh, Mobile, Alabama, and just wanted to get you know, reestablished and just might make life simpler. So I got into real estate and I uh, didn't realize it was such a hot time. I was 25 years old and I just was like in heaven immediately because it was such a good experience for um, someone who values relationships and is wired to take, you know, that kind of thing to uh, build a, you know, build things around them. It was right at my element. I was right there. Um, and I worked for that company for about three years and, um, I, in the meantime, I met uh, my business partner who was working at a Remax, and we started doing uh, investment property flips. And he was also an appraiser, so he was teaching me how to do appraisals. And uh, he actually started his own appraisal company, and I developed his imaging and uh, brand for him. And uh, one thing led to another, and we were just sitting there one day um, and realized, you know, we to we've got to go ahead and do uh, our own brokerage. We're doing too many things um, licensed under our current brokerage and uh, we need to, we need to kind of clean this up. So, you know, we fought the idea for about a year and then finally gave into it. So it wasn't anything that we were like trying to put together since we started. I felt like we were just trying to keep up and uh, everything has just been, you know, really on point and just an amazing journey. So, you know, we got we got a group together, which was my team where I was at my current office, and um, he had a couple of agents as well. And so we came together, and that's where we started our independent company called Oracle Real Estate. And Oracle, that was in 2008 that we started that, November 20th, 2008, and uh, had a great run with it and uh, had a lot of we – want, we went independent because – I, I want to create a freedom in our design and marketing because I was afraid a franchise would really limit us to what we could do. And mm-hmm. so we didn't even look for franchises, really. Um, we just went right in as an independent brokerage. And uh, and then about three years into it, we realized after we had achieved a certain amount of growth um, and success with the, with the local market here uh, that we had hit a ceiling. And that's what kind of led us into how we came across Paths with Sherry Chris in uh, San Francisco in 2011, and um, ended up turning Oracle Real Estate into uh, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Generations, and uh, brought the brand to Alabama. And that was in uh, November 8, 2011. And so that is how, basically, the the generalized story of how we became, you know, Better Homes and Gardens and the brand we are today, with uh, two offices and about 80 agents and growing and number three in the market right now. Got it. Yeah. And, and your market, uh, you know, of the, you know, of the mentors in the group, uh, you know, your market, I think is, is at the lowest price point on average of the markets that we've talked to. So that's to do, to be able to build something so quickly in a market that, you know, doesn't have a luxury, necessarily a luxury end, or uh, and where you're just average home prices lower. What is the average home price in the markets that you serve? Um, on uh, it's basically split geographically in half. Mm-hmm. The left mm-hmm. side of our market um, runs about 135 to 140 now, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, eastern side is about 220, I guess. And um, we have an office in each uh, area, and mm-hmm. you know. It would surprise me if there was anybody, you know, that low because Mobile area has always been known for, you know, it's inexpensive housing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's that's what's always been kind of crazy because we were always so impressed with these big average sales numbers from other markets and everything. 
but it's all relative. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we found as being owners because, you know, we did 600 houses last year. Um, and we talked to other brokerages that have a, you know, big average sales price and stuff. And what we found, you know, as we go to like Inman and other, you know, things that these other companies in these bigger markets, you know, they had big numbers, but we actually sometimes sold like twice as many houses as they did. Yeah. But the downside, they made a lot more money than we did. <laughs> there's, your, there's your curse of a yeah. down yeah. average sales price. Yeah. Yeah. More, lots more transactions and, you know, about the same money. So, uh, but yeah. I, I think it's impressive because, you know, when, uh, you know, when you and I met and, you know, how I've learned more about your business is that, you know, you guys have put a tremendous amount of effort into uh, creative marketing and recruiting programs. And, and those are some of the things that stood out for me that, you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily um, expect out of the, the market that you're in to see like, OK, well, this is this marketing would travel uh, into lots of other markets easily in terms of quality. And that that so so that's that I think that that for me has said that you know, if you guys can do it, then heck, what's everybody else's excuse, you know, because you've been able to pull it off in, in a, in a market that most people say wouldn't have as quality of marketing and branding and recruiting. So, um, so well done. It's, well, I appreciate it. It's definitely been our, our edge and, uh, you know, competitive advantage, uh, since the beginning, you know, so to be able to produce stuff in house mm -hmm. and, uh, and not have to hire a marketing company or a design or anything. Cause I do all, I do, I'm the designer and the marketing up here. <laughs> My partner handles all the legal and finance. And we always kid around that, uh, Josh does all the boring stuff and I get to do all the fun stuff, you know, and, uh, but the, we're yin and yang. We our partnership is so well balanced and I couldn't be in business with a better guy. You don't get lucky like that at all. I've had a couple of partners in businesses in the past and it always fizzled out for some reason, but this guy challenged me to be a better person every day. So it's a great partnership. That's terrific. So, so let's go back to tell me, you know, tell me why you decided to uh, start the brokerage and, and build it the way you did. And you spoke about you wanted to have creativity and independence. And there's some things you were trying to do. What what were the reasons where you said, no, I've, I really think I've got to do this and, and it caused you to do it? Well, I, I mentioned earlier, I went through a divorce in oh mm -hmm. four uh, and you know, it just killed me because my two sons, at the, my, I have three sons now, but um, my oldest two were my world, and they were two and three years old at the time. And um, I was about 300 miles away from Mobile, where I lived up in Birmingham. And I knew that if I ever, you know, got divorced, I was having, to, I was going to go back home. I never meant to stay away. I just, you know, things happened how they did. Um, so, you know, I just um, used the the love and the the pain and all that as my why to uh really uh take my real estate business as an agent to the next level um and what i found was i love working with people and and selling houses but i was i my fulfillment is more uh in a creative environment of the design and the marketing of the stuff for real estate not necessarily selling the homes to the buyers and listing them for the sellers. Um, so what I saw as an opportunity for opening a brokerage was to create an environment that um, I could work a couple of years and get it to a level that it could support me financially. And mm -hmm. I would be able to be in my playhouse every day. And, uh, you know, that, that would be what I called work. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I was like, I really want to do this because by doing this, I have something long-term that, will help my family and and we'll never really get boring if if that's kind of the role that I have with it. So mm -hmm. that's kind of on my side, you know, from an independent side where I looked at it from, you know, as an opportunity to do an to a, an independent brokerage and and try it out. We started it in in the right in the beginning of the meltdown and everybody said we were crazy for doing it when we did in 2008 with a financial, you know, meltdown of everything, but I had built my my real estate business completely off referral based and relationship, you know, mm -hmm. models. So I wasn't worried that, you know, we weren't going to make it. And that's the way to this day, we still train our agents. And, uh, you know, if they want to spend money on Zillow for leads, they're more than welcome to. Um, and I don't discourage it, but you know, we're all about, you know, getting out there and growing 
your network that's real that you can put your hands on, not how much you spend on internet leads. If you want to do it, do it, but you'll have a much more uh, and better time selling real estate this way. Yeah, and it has it has uh, the the relationship and network model uh, is well proven in real estate and still drives seventy to eighty percent of the business. I mean, there's there's a lot of sound about internet, of course, uh, but those are mm-hmm. I think most agents that are mature in their career view that as those are incremental transactions as opposed to the core of the business, which is their repeat referral and network business. From that's what I believe. Yeah, and and, and and that's been there's some studies that have, that I've seen some larger brokers do that have proven that out where they've looked at thousands of agents and you know that's yeah. really the core of the the core of the business is that and and so I think that's really solid ground to be on for any agent to develop into. So um, now, don't get me wrong, in the bigger markets, you know, where like Atlanta's got five million people in Atlanta, yeah. there's not five million people in the state of Alabama. <laughs> you know, so in, in Atlanta, it yeah. makes perfect sense if you want to dig through 2,000 leads that come off Zillow, do it. It makes sense when you have a cluster of population, but mm-hmm. when you don't, you have a normal medium-sized city like Mobile's around like 400,000. Um, you know, you you have a more realistic approach to the relationship model working, um, yeah. you know, versus a bunch of leads. <laughs> so. Yeah. Did in in Building your business, did you go through a formal business planning process, or how, how did you how did you navigate those early years of, of putting the business together? Um, well, I tell you, if I if I just take one step back to kind of explain mm-hmm. just real quick what I uh, what I experienced very early on um, by you know divine intervention or pure luck, I don't know what you whatever you want to call it, but I got in when I was 17 years old into the cellular phone industry. Um, in 97, 98, um, when everything was still analog, it hadn't gone digital yet. And I it got on with this small little dealership that had two locations, one in Birmingham. And they, the day they opened in Mobile in the mall, I just happened to be walking by to go pay my pager bill. And uh, it was like, I've always been a techie gadget kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I just love this stuff. So um, I stopped by the booth and asked the guy how old you had to be to work there and he said 18 and I turned 18 that upcoming weekend and I was like well I turned 18 on Sunday he said well you want to come up here on Sunday I said sure well a straight commission so to get to the point um, we took that company of uh, four people in two locations in the malls and built it in a period of three years to the largest dealership for at the time was singular wireless um, in the whole entire southeast and uh, and at the time, for a couple of you know, you know quarters and stuff like that, I was actually the number one uh, producing agent for Singular as far as sales goes um, the southeast as well. Um, and I did that a couple of years, and then they sent me to start opening up markets, new markets in other areas. And I, I was like 19 or in 20 when I you know got this exposure, and I went to Birmingham to go to UAB and go you into know, business, and ended up not even finishing out the first quarter because we got so caught up in this business and that was my college and that prepared me to understand how to grow markets um, how to build people how to build systems and businesses because it's always been my hobby uh, on you know to I love building models for businesses it you know I know it probably sounds nerdy but one of my favorite things to do is build models of businesses and that's from the image to the back-end structure and you know how things go through it, and then I'd like to hand it off, you know, because I don't—I'm not a manager; I'm a catalyst. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, with that, you know, being how I was wired, um, I did the cellular business for about six years, and then got out and um, started my own company that was a fundraising company. And it was my first independent venture by myself. I built a website when I was 22 years old and started selling these fundraising products that I designed. Um, all over the U.S. to nonprofits, and then I started getting dealers that were or people that were calling me wanting to know if I would, you know, let them be a reseller. So I created a dealer program and started stamping it out all over the U.S. and uh, it was going great. And uh, that's when I went through the divorce and just I said, you know what, I want to start over. I came back home, and uh, actually a girl I was dating at the time, you know, said something about getting into real estate, and I was like, you know, I hadn't thought about that, and that's what led me to get into real estate. And uh, I researched it a minute, and I was like, this is like taking candy from a baby. Everybody wants this. You know, there's mm-hmm. three things that we've always needed as a as, as humans. Um, 
we've always needed uh, something to eat, something to wear, and somewhere to live. And we always will. These aren't trends. So I was like, this this is solid. I don't know why I haven't done this sooner. And so I jumped in and, uh, you know, started playing with the marketing and realized down here, you know, there was a super gap between agents that did it traditional and agents that were doing it kind of, you know, this is 05. So, you know, down here in Mobile, a lot of people didn't have a lot of exposure to a lot of technolo technology tools yet. So I I brought, you know, West Coast stuff. Uh, my mom lived in San Francisco, so I'd go out there and see her and, you know, constantly research and bring these ideas back. And that's how I got, you know, ideas and things rolling with real estate. And uh, and that was kind of like uh, the premise, what we started the business with, um, these models and stuff that I put together in my own real estate business as an agent. All we did was replicate it to kind of build a bigger team and then, you know, plug in the back end structures like, you know, accounting and MLS coordination and closing transaction coordination and uh you know and kind of go from there so i mean it was all uh school of hard knocks mm -hmm. and um you know it wasn't i didn't have any formal education other than the fact that once i got going um when i left the cellular industry i started going to uab's business library and uh, i went in there and i got all the upper level books for marketing and you know business logistics and everything and actually dug through the content and got out the material that I needed and actually kind of went through it on my own and didn't have to go through the classes. So I got the info that I needed and uh, kind of built on that. And, uh, I never stopped reading business magazines and everything like that anyway. So, you know, you, you dip yourself um, in this type of, you know, environment and surround yourself with that kind of stuff. You start becoming those things if you pay attention and, and try real hard to do things right. So that was kind of how the models of, everything mm -hmm. kind of got going into how we just moved it right into real estate. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and in our market, it was an advantage because nobody was really doing things next level. You know, really, we, we've been in the cloud since we started. They just didn't call it the cloud yet. Mm -hmm. um, but we've always been, you know, paperless. We just waited through the years to go through the different technologies that started up to, uh, you know, complement the paperless movement and everything. But we were always, all of our docs were always in PDF, and we always stored everything in the cloud. And, uh, you know, since, since 2008, so, you know, it was just, it was always really easy to, to stay lean mm -hmm. and uh, keep expenses down as well. And mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, not to run on too much, but that was kind of how, you know, it all kind of came together. Yeah, I think that's important backstory to understand, you know, how you how you ended up in you know, running a real estate brokerage because it's, it's built on having built several other businesses before and that that's where, exactly. Yeah. That's where that came from. And, and, and so when you, when you moved into real estate, it, it doesn't sound like it's, it's not like you went through a formal process, but you had been through the process of starting a business before and of, you know, designing operations and designing marketing before. So, you know, much of the work was, it was just in a different industry and you just replicated that for real estate. Yep, just change products. Yeah. <laughs> did no, um, that's the way I looked at it. All I did was change product. Yeah, got it. Um, did you have a mentor or other, you know, other people that you had that, that kind of helped form your business thinking or that you collaborated with? Was there anybody that was important yeah. in that way? Oh, yeah, I was um, taught early on the value of a mentor mm -hmm. when I when I started in the cellular business. Um, the owner of the company, I was 17, he was 23, his name was Kevin Gann, and he's uh, he was my first mentor, I would say, in business, because he was, in my opinion, a genius, and um, I learned so much from him, and the experience that he put in the situations that he put me in at such an early age forced me to understand and learn things I never would have um, about business, not just cellular, but about business and about leadership and, and life and everything. And, and those are really impressionable years, you know, for a young man as well, you know, going from 18 to you know, 23 um, with, with the same company. And, you know, I had a great relationship with him. And, uh, you know, we parted ways, you know, we're it was a great relationship. But from that, you know, going into these other industries, um, I kind of floated for a little while. And, uh, you know, but now I look to uh, numerous people for, you know, different different avenues of mentorship, really. And, uh, you know, I love reading a lot of John Sheplak stuff and uh, uh, old school Tom Hopkins. 
and uh yeah, we did Buffini, you know, for a while, his stuff was good. But uh, you know, I've developed relationships with guys like uh you and Brad Inman, um, Sherry Chris, you know, that have like really substantial, deep rooted uh specialization, you know, and and so I'm just a sponge when I'm around people constantly and I'm constantly analyzing everybody in a room mm-hmm. and uh, just to see what's going on. That's just the way I'm wired. So it's not like I'm doing it for any intent or purpose other than it's just how I, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I do. But yeah. um, I just really enjoy, you know, identifying someone that I can learn from and just being a sponge around them until there's like a balance between our cups. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both at the same level. And uh, and then the relationship has a new dynamic. You know, yeah, it, it turns from mentor to true friend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's just a beautiful thing. That's fantastic. Well, I, I think that's important. One of the uh, one of the things that we found with talking to all the mentors in the program is uh, how many of them had mentor relationships and just how those relationships contributed to them developing as business leaders and and them creating their brokerage or building their business in whatever way that they did. And it you know it, it isn't something we we didn't specifically pick people out and say we're only going to talk to people that had mentors before. We just said hey these are great people. Let's find out if let's ask them the question. And everybody said yes that they have. So um, I, I think it speaks to the value of mentorship and the value of 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 working with people that have been down a road that you maybe haven't been down before or have specialization like you talked about. It's uh, just super, super helpful. So um, tell me about, so as you've grown the business, you've got two offices and 80 agents now. uh, Were there any significant turning points in the business where you, you can look at a decision that you made in retrospect and say, that was a, that was a great decision or that was a, uh, something that happened that, that, that really changed our business in a big way, uh, that, that we, Mm -hmm. that we can learn from. You know, I think the most, uh, impactful move that, that I've experienced growing with this company is early on me and my partner were learning about, you know, being owners and brokers and leaders in the real estate industry with our company. Um, and we did, we're 50-50. Everything we did was joint decision. Um, and we actually shared an office. And because of the, you know, the way business evolves, you kind of go, you kind of naturally, I think, fall into your roles that best suit your mm-hmm. talents and, uh, and strengths. Um, so we, we spent a little while longer sharing the same office. And it really helped us to define our personal strengths and weaknesses and identify them and be honest about them. And uh, it helped us know how to work together that much better and how to um, feel comfortable leaning on the other uh, who was stronger in a certain aspect. And uh, just depending on them, you know, letting go and confidence. Yep. And, uh, and vice versa. And the most impactful thing, and and it's not some monumental thing, but it's the little things, you know. But here's what it was. After about three years, we uh, just simply quit sharing an office. Mm -hmm. And um, he went downstairs, and I stayed up here, upstairs, and, um, you know, really started defining our roles to the agents instead of telling all of them, you know, come to either one of us for anything. Um, But the – the separation and true definition or defining our roles with the company and holding ourselves to what we said it was and letting the other do what theirs were. Um, the, we within 24 months, um, literally tripled in size, uh, mm. transactions, headcount went through a brand change. Um, everything started exponentially speeding up the second we quit doing the same thing at the same time together. And, uh, that was, that was one of the biggest changes from a small business aspect to, uh, taking it to where we are now, um, that I can account that I would attribute, you know, a a true change. Do you think that's just because of the, the efficiency of having, you know, each of you focused on your different areas, 
just the efficiency gains there, or was there any was there something else? I really think that was it. Um, you know, before we got to that point, there was just this inefficiency of um, every decision, you know, and every conversation kind of, you know, being something that we we did together on everything. It slowed things down. We were the bottleneck mm-hmm. um, for the business growth, and we realized that. And then, um, you know, just challenged the relationship to handle, you know, hey, like, you know, trust trust me to do this. I trust you to do that. And, um, and it worked, you know, like I said, it's not some big monumental thing, but if you have a partnership, um, that's one of the most dangerous things in my opinion in business is a partnership because we've all heard the cliche, you know, a partnership in business is truly like a marriage. Um, and because of that, um, anybody out there that is married or has been married, you know, you know, you know, the dynamic of a disagreement, um, with your spouse. And, you know, the dynamic in business is uh, that it it can truly affect the whole company, uh, you know, when there's a a difference in opinion and leadership. Mm. And that is what I'm kind of getting at. Um, We've to this day, we've never had an argument. Um, But I think um, defining our roles helped define our leadership in the in the minds of our people. And it helped them speed up. And it helped them become more efficient and the business as well. And, you know, just with good, I'm not saying, you know, we're great leaders. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I think our people really felt the the growth in leadership when we did that. And we were able to accomplish more, attract more people and uh, agents and clients and take things to the next level. And uh, that was just part of our growth as, as men as well, I guess, you know, because I'm 35, he's 34, and we still have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, for the the fellows participants that are listening. You know, uh, several of the other mentors have talked about the trust involved in their leadership and executive teams, and I, I think you're you're hearing another example of that. That uh, being able to you know have a high trust team and let people handle their areas allows for the. I mean, you see, you tripled in size after you made that move. So, <laughs> so obviously, I can You know, who's who's going to debate whether that worked or not? Clearly, it did. Um, and and based on that foundation of of trusting your partner and and having areas where you know each of you have uh, have what you're responsible for and and to take care of. And our so. executive team, you know, the the it just kept going from there. You know, because now we have our uh, director of agent development and our director of finance and our MLS and transaction coordination department. And even our, our receptionists in our offices are called director of first impression. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody has a role. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's so important that they understand that. But they need to, you know, see an example of it from the top down, not just do what I say. Yeah. You know, that, that's just not the way that you do it. Got it. Got it. So what are some of the things that you felt were challenges that you had to overcome in building the business? What are, what are some things that, you know, were either, you know, difficulties or that you struggled with, you know, give us, give us some of the raw stuff that you had to go through to, to get to where you are today. Well, you know, I don't know if it's um, just the way that I'm wired or what, but um, I'm naturally constantly feeling you know, people's energy um, and trying to read them and, and, and emotion management of our people and everything and to keep the culture going because culture, uh, early on we read and studied about and it was like, this is the way you build something with a group of people, so let's learn about this. So, mm. you know, that's been the task. But I can tell you with true uh, conviction that um, one of the hardest things for me and the challenges has been um, carrying the weight of the the emotional tie with your people when you're really close and they're Mm. going through, you know, a tough month or something personal in their life or whatever. And then you multiply that out, multiply that out more people. Um, as a leader, uh, it's hard to, uh, distance yourself sometimes or not show too much, you know, over someone else or, you know, just, you know, making the wrong call when somebody just needed you to, to listen. They didn't need you to form a solution. They just need you to listen. Um, but like that, in my opinion, is one of the hardest things to, to wrap your hands around, uh, you know, with a group 
of people that's of any substantial size is uh you know keeping people mo motivated and emotionally stable um through a downturn through a recession um through a startup through them getting going um off a divorce all this stuff you know that you get affected by it affects everything so it's not you know compartmentalized uh to where like it's just them you know it, it affects those around them and and so we've tried to get people to reach out, you know, when they noticed anybody, you know, isolating themselves or, you know, seem to be going through something to reach out to support or whatever. But that was always, in my opinion, the hardest thing for me to carry and to deal with was the, um, the emotions and just the, you know, the, the caring of your people, um, because it, it hurts your heart sometimes. And, uh, you know, I know that's not a non, that's a non-techie answer or a business answer really, but that was one of the things I can attribute because, we haven't ever had a money problem. We've mm -hmm. stayed real lean. Uh, we've always invested back in the company, and uh, it, you know it's allowed us to have safe growth. So there was never really a financial problem that we had to overcome. And you know, by going into the Better Homes and Gardens brand, that really helped us from a growth and exposure standpoint, mm -hmm. uh, for sure. That was a great uh, move right there, a true solution for growth. But the thing that I think it's like uh, it's the things that you feel are the ones that leave the, the biggest impression on you, you know, awards and accomplishments and things like that are all great. Um, financial problems, you know, can be big or not. It depends on how much of it you feel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, even to children, you know, children don't remember everything that happened every day when they were four years old. But they remember the things that meant a lot to them and that made them feel something. And uh, that's kind of what I'm getting at. You know, we never lose that as adults. We just kind of, you know, need to make sure we don't lose touch with it. But, uh, you know, that's that's kind of what I, I would say was the most impactful thing that we had to overcome was learning how to work with people and work them through their, you know, their different situations and keep them on board instead of losing an agent or two leaving the industry or to another company or whatever. Um, you know, cause one thing I don't like to do ever is ever lose an agent once they're on board with us. Mm. Um, you know, it is very hard for me emotionally to lose somebody. And I know I shouldn't be like that cause I was told early on, uh, it's not, uh, if they'll leave you, it's when. <laughs> so yeah. um, that's my <laughs> battle with the agent thing. I'm just, I'm just so close to my people and I love them so much. I, it's like, it's literally like I'm the guy that got dumped, you know, in high school and my girlfriend dumped me and my heart's broke. That's how I feel when I lose an agent, you know, when it's a good relationship. Well, well how, how have you coped with that? I mean, I mean how, how have you coped with, the, you know, the, the emotional investment in the people in your business? What, what's allowed you to, to move through that or, or, or even just, just deal with it on a day-to-day -day level? Well, I mean, you know, drugs and alcohol is, you know, goes a long goes way. A long way. Um, it's just expensive, you know. Um, it costs you money and your family and stuff. So, no, I'm just kidding. But they, uh, you know, my, but they do work. They do work. You will. They, you will they, not feel the pain. temporary fixes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what, man? Um, having a great partnership, having a partner mm -hmm. that uh, is also your best friend, and mm -hmm. you know, someone that. That, that challenges you, um, not someone that you like, you know, they don't tell me what to do, but someone that you feel, you know, you've got to hold your end of the deal up because they are too constantly. Right. Um, having support at home, um, remembering what matters, and, you know, that kind of thing, you know, hanging on to your real friends, hanging on to what matters most in business, uh, no matter what your emotion is, never quit striving, and just make that commitment personally. And that, that's helped, you know, that, mm -hmm. that, that when you go through these time periods, because all it takes, you know, is just a little time, you know, if you ever have to go through one of these periods or whatever with somebody or yourself or whatever. But, you know, that's what I would I would, would say I leaned on more is those closest to me in the relationships and uh, yeah. those that, those things that also helped us, you know, grow this business to where we've gotten it so far. That's fantastic. So it tells it tells me the important the importance of that core team the people that are that are closest to you that are part of the business or support you on the family side uh, having that be strong you you can weather just about anything uh, with that in place yeah yeah you know I don't know if you've read it or not but uh, Austin Allison and Chris Smith put together a book 
uh, like a year or two ago now uh, called People Work. And uh, I thought it was such a good book um, to really uh, see a lot of the principles of business that I agree with, that I live by in writing somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there was one sentence that stood out in that book to me, and I think it was something that Austin said, that is in the business of real estate, only one thing sells homes, people helping people. Um, and I was like, you know, that just really struck a chord with me. And, uh, and I actually made that our motto for our company. In the business of real estate, only one thing sells homes, people helping people. So we hashtag people helping people. You know, in the marketing, you'll see that in our video stuff. People helping people is like our little motto hmm. um, because that is what makes things rock through, you know, in real estate. And it holds them together and, and it helps you stay focused and aligned with your people. And just remembering that in the end, the only thing that, that gets us paid, all of us, is people helping people. Anywhere down the line from beginning to end in the process, A to Z, all it is is a string of people helping people to get to the closing. Well, I, th- I think the message, I mean, I, I've, I've seen it and experienced it that, you know, when you have people that, you know, whatever the rules are, they go, the rules are there, you know, because they need to be there. But if they get in the way of, of creating a great experience for a client or doing the right thing, you do the right thing. You know, you, you take care of the person in front of you. And I think that's that philosophy. Right. When, when I read people work that you really uh, stood out for me and that, um, you know, I, I think has, has driven their success and I think it's driven your success. I think it's an important principle to operate by is that, um, you know, it's people first. So, uh, well, you know, that that's terrific. <laughs> and I'm glad I asked. Um, so I'm going to ask you a, a, a reverse question here, which is, you know, and I've asked all the mentors this, that, you know, Steve Jobs famously said that, you know, deciding what not to do is important as deciding what to do. So, you know, in building this company, what were some things you decided not to do or some things you've decided not to do, at least right now? Um, I would, uh, a couple of things I can think of would be, you know, first thing is, I had a, uh, I wouldn't say a problem or um, an issue with focus. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, you know, before I got rooted in a business that I was actually going to be committing to, um, I was testing out different business ideas and different models and stuff. Um, So, you know, actually committing to to not jump around and get distracted um, and just, you know, stay focused, you know, don't get, you know, excited about the next, you know, shiny toy app or whatever that came out. Um, Focus on uh, need and creating, uh, you know, a way, creating a way for uh, people to need you and uh, not uh, just, you know, trying to get their attention. And, uh, you know, that that's one thing I could say, you know, has really helped is, you know, not being distracted and jumping all over the place mm-hmm. uh, with different ideas because I'm the world's worst with it when it comes to uh, <laughs> Well, you're the marketing ideas. guy. You're supposed to have lots of ideas. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, a, it's like, dang, you know, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm you know, like, this is me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, not to do, you know, another thing not to do um, is – don't get emotionally wrapped up um, in things with uh, that are just business. You know, don't don't look at everything like you've got to be so passionate about it um, because you can you'll burn out. And uh, you know, so actually holding on to you know the things that you are passionate about and protecting that that passion, mm-hmm. and uh, instead of just like you know being a passion whore and throwing yeah. it all over the place. You yeah. know? Keep passionate about what really matters. Don't just, you know, be, you know, everybody's best friend or, you know, just all about everything every time something else comes out, you know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, one other thing in, as far as leadership goes with like our people is, uh, you know, don't say you're going to do something and then don't do it. Mm. Yeah. You know, or don't or say you're not going to do something and do yeah. it. And then do you it. know, I mean, yeah. like, you know, yeah. hold yourself accountable for your words. Yeah. And uh, especially, you know, in in the eyes of your people, because you know, if you don't have trust, you don't have anything. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. So um, tell us about what it's like to you know, work inside of your company on the leadership team. You know, what are some of the characteristics of that team? You know, how do you guys work together? You've talked a little bit about that. You have, you know, people have roles, but describe how, how does the team work together and what are the characteristics of the team? Um, we look for a mindset, not mm-hmm. necessarily a, a demographic age or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a techie person or whatever. Uh, we, we look for people that, you know, that understand the why that we're doing it, the way we're doing it, and 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 it's, it's without effort that they see it like that as well, or they can adapt easily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our our team, depending on what role it is, um, you know in my opinion, our leaders, you know, here locally, um, Deborah Robinson, for an example, is, you know, my director of agent development. Um, she is much more than that for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, she has influence and if you spend five minutes with her, you are looking at her, you know, you're like, this is a leader. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say, uh, you know, with the leadership team, the executive team or whatever that we look for um, primarily is that outside of any influence, if you just spend a few minutes with with a team member, you have like really, you know, had the experience of them making an impression on you. And, you know, if they're uh, if they're not able to do that with people, um, I've just kind of noticed that we kind of naturally go into, you know, that kind of that's who usually gets a role, you know, when we're hiring for something or moving somebody up because we only hire from within as well. Um, we don't um, hire outside the company for our leadership. We only appoint from within. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that way people understand the structure and the, the culture and everything um, because it, this business and this dynamic of real estate, because it's not a product, it's a service, there are too many moving parts and too much of a learning curve to bring somebody in on a on a company that's a small business with a limited budget to make a mm-hmm. wrong decision on that person and yeah. the time it takes for them to learn. Plus throwing in your culture and everything, you know, so, uh, you know, I think, you know, our, our leaders naturally rise up through our company and because mm-hmm. they're um, put up by others here and without effort, you can see who is now just because that's the case or the top producer, you know, that doesn't mean you're a leader. You know, and that's not who we, you know, give the jobs to, like who sells the most stuff, because that's probably the worst thing you could do is you know, <laughs> give a top producer some responsibility. <laughs> they don't even like to do paperwork most of the time for a transaction. Yeah. But, uh, you, know, you want uh, them to keep out there being a glorious mess and doing lots of transactions. Yeah. That's what they're for. You know, that's their yeah. best. That's their best thing. They're the best at. And yeah, so I, I yeah, I agree with that. I've seen that pattern um, of, of when you you know, try to take a person who is a, a top sales agent and move them into a management role. That's a challenge for many of them. And a lot of times they prefer sales much better. It's more rewarding for them. So, yeah. uh, so, so what's your leadership and management structure today? What does your company look like, you know, at, at two offices and 80 agents, how, how many people are in management and what do they do? Um, you know, we have, uh, uh the office uh, across the Bay is actually more of a, uh, a satellite office because mm-hmm. we, no matter how many offices we open up, we'll always run the back end through the corporate office here in Mobile, mm-hmm. uh, where we have the structure of the account- accounting and transaction coordination and MLS people already here instead of doing it for each office. Um, and with everything being paperless anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's very, you know, without effort to accomplish, keeps, you know, overhead down as well. But, um, you know, we have, I went through those different departments. We have, you know, like a traditional style, like accounting bookkeeper person here um, that handles all the agent accounts and um, all the accounts receivables and payables and everything and the, handles the P&L statements and prepares the reports for us so we can always know what's going on. Um, and then we have our transaction coordinator who handles all transactions for the entire company as far as, you know, setting it up with a title company, ordering title and coordinating you know, closing dates and stuff, but the mm-hmm. agents are just responsible for getting in the documents to them that are needed and everything. Uh, she prepares the the stuff right before the thing. You know, the, the agents, our, our, our main goal was to design a back end that 
complemented business to the things that made them money and us money. Uh, the agent doesn't make money putting in uh, data into the MLS to upload a listing. They make mm. money getting listings and getting contracts. So everything that slowed an agent down, you know, that's what we tried to create a, a touch point of a person, you know, to, to handle that. Our uh, director of first impression uh, uh, employees actually create flyers and videos for every listing that comes through as well for the agents and they post it to social media on the company channels. Uh, we have a uh, uh, director of uh, agent development, which is part of our onboarding. When somebody comes on board, takes them through the first stages of a new agent or an agent that was with another company of how things work here. If they're a new agent, you know, takes them mm. through the how to, how to do listing paperwork, how to do buying paperwork. And those are like prerequisites before you get in our training system called Gen Life, which I teach. Um, mm -hmm. Usually monthly, it's a four-day uh, training event, and uh, you know we have two qualifying brokers, one at each office, to uh, handle agent issues, and uh, you know, and that's basically mm -hmm. you know, the the framework of it. You know, we we try to keep it, you know, try to keep it simple. You know, we don't have a huge team. We've got about uh, five people, I guess, that mm -hmm. uh, help us run this company. Got it. Okay. And they're awesome. I mean, we couldn't yeah. we couldn't do it without them. And then we've, they've all been with us for years. Mm -hmm. Got it. Great. Um, well, that, that's a helpful roadmap for, you know, many of our, our T3 fellows participants are, you know, they're small teams or small brokerages and giving them an idea of what it could look like. And, you know, that it doesn't necessarily require, you know, a huge management team to, to run an operation like yours, that it's, it's possible with a small team. Um, so that, that's yeah. terrific. So, um, so I want to flip back to a question I had earlier, uh, and then then I've only got a couple more. We're almost done, uh, but I wanted to get hit a question earlier. Tell us about the decision to move from being an independent to being part of a franchise, because a, a lot of the people that we work with are independent. Uh, and I've told people I'm not. I mean, I came out of franchise. I worked for Gary Keller inside the Keller Williams system, and since then I've worked in with people that are in a lot of the other franchises. Um, so I'm, I'm familiar with both independent companies. I ran an independent brokerage, uh, and also have worked with people that are franchisees. So I, I'm familiar with it. But I'm I'm curious to hear from yourself. What caused you to make that switch, and and what sort of impact did it have on your business? How how did it help you? Um. You know, to be perfectly honest, as an independent brokerage in our market, um, with our average sales price, you have a limitation on revenue. Mm. Um, and uh, as an independent brokerage, you have to find solutions for these these needs. Uh, one of the main problems I found was, as an independent brokerage, you could only get to a certain point of growth before – you started lacking big time uh, what makes agents want to work for you. When, you know, they want to work for you because they see value mm. um, in some form or fashion. Um, so, you, you know, your main thing is you have to provide value for these people if you want to hang on to them. Uh, if you want your company to be successful, you know, you don't aim at the public. You aim at the agents and make them successful because that's, that's what makes the company successful. Um, so, you know, I felt like we'd hit a gross ceiling on what we could support through technology tools and stuff like that and what you could actually afford as an independent brokerage. And uh, the story goes that I actually ran into Sherry Chris in uh, San Francisco at Inman in 2011 in uh, that summer. And uh, I knew who she was because I'd been following them since they launched in 08. They launched three months before we launched Oracle. So I had been track, watching them and reading everything that we saw in Riz Media Magazine and everything. Um, we were really in line already with the culture and the core values and everything that the brand stood for. And uh, by default, it wasn't even you know that we tried. It was just we were in line with them. And uh, I told my partner, uh, we were walking through uh, the event and I saw Sherry. I was like, that's Sherry Chris, man. I want to I talked to her and he didn't even know who, you know who I was talking about and I told him and I said I'm gonna go see if she wants to get a cup of coffee uh, while we're here she you know what do we have to lose so I went up to her and I was you know hey how you doing you know and introduced myself and asked her if she would get a cup of coffee I wanted to pick her brain I, you know look at her like a potential mentor um, mm -hmm. she 
was like open and approachable and was like, yeah, sure, great, let's do it. And I was just like, all right. So, you know, we actually met, end up meeting with him that afternoon. And the funny part is, you know, two young, <laughs> young bucks from Alabama, we didn't know that we were about to be in a sales situation. We actually thought we were going to be doing a, like, let's grab some coffee. And then, because after I met with her, she went online, went to our website, and, uh, you know, I think she saw what we stood for because I designed a really sharp website for Oracle, and uh, it was it was beautiful. And, and it just really portrayed who we were. And I think she saw that we were in line with what they were trying to be, and we would be a good example of that, you know, that growth moving forward. Um, and in that situ in that meeting, you know, it took about 10 minutes to click, you know, we we're like, Oh my God, you know, they're, they're talking to us about coming on board. I was literally wanting to talk to her about, you know, what, what she thought about things, you know, just pick her brain. Not, I'm not mm -hmm. looking for a brand. We're independent for a reason. We always care yeah. about that. Cause yeah. I told him that. Um, and so we, um, just started talking and everything that she was mentioning was a pain point, of course, for an independent brokerage that was trying to be something. Mm -hmm. And, it is just really hitting home with the things that she was saying. And it was just like, Oh my God, you know, this is, this is such a solution for the growth ceiling we've hit as an independent brokerage because of the tools and services and support that this brand and the brand uh, awareness of better homes and gardens, you know, the people already knew it. Like, you know, not only your, your dad, your granddad and your great granddad knew it, you know, it's like, you know, you can't buy that. Well, technically, I guess you can. You buy a franchise, but um, you can't just make that. That's something right. that takes 80 years to create. And from being a marketing standpoint, I understood the value of that. And I was just like, oh, my God, what I could do with this brand. Um, mm -hmm. So things came together, and, uh, you know, we ended up doing doing Better Homes and Gardens. But the funny part about that meeting was we left it, and we walked back to our hotel room, um, and we were, like, silent all the whole time. And we went back to the room, and I looked at Josh, and, I sat down on the end of my bed, and he was on the end of his bed, and we sat there. I was like, dude, I think I'm going to throw up. And he was like, what? And I was like, I feel like I just cheated on my wife. I'm like, I don't even know what we talked to them for. What are we doing? Like, you know, I was like starting to freak out because it was such a, you know, here we go. This is what we need to do. But we had in no way earlier that day had ever even crossed our minds had not retire as Oracle Real Estate, you know, and uh, – Oh yeah. my God, it was fun yeah. because it really was like that. That's how yeah. that, that's yeah. how that kind of came together. Yeah. Wow. So so it was just it was just a perfect fit for the 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 things that you needed to grow. They had them, and you had you, yep. you didn't expect that they did. You weren't expecting that. Oh, well, now we're going to walk into the situation where they're going to sell us exactly what we need. <laughs> right. Yeah. We didn't even think we were in a selling situation. We thought we were just intelligent minds discussing yeah. ideas, you yeah. know, yeah. but, uh, yeah. you know, but, you know, truly any brand, you know, that works for an individual or an independent company, you know, you know, it, it's something to look at, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. trying to be a commercial for BHG because that's not what this is. Um, but, you know, I do, I do say, um, for us with the timing and everything as an independent brokerage, it was the best move for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we we haven't looked back since, and we mm -hmm. love them, and and we we love it. Now every now and then I start getting the wild hair about, oh my God, what I could do with an independent brokerage again, but um, right, right. you know, I still have seven years left in my contract. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's I, I think it's healthy. I mean, frankly, I think there needs to be that healthy tension because you know a, a, a franchisor you know must supply value to the franchisee, and if you're a good that's franchisee. Right. You know, you, you always have the option of not renewing your contract and going independent and taking your agents. And so I think that keeps everybody honest to go, OK, well, if you want to keep good franchisees as a franchisor, you need to provide good value in terms of culture and systems and support and marketing and, you know, all the things that a franchise can do uh, for a franchisee. Uh, and conversely, I think it's good as a franchisee to stay strong and be able to be if you good, you know, we've got a great company here. If we decided to, to switch brands, you could. I think that keeps everybody everybody above board to do it that way. So, um, so well, thank you for sharing that experience. And, yeah. and um, you're one of the only, you're one of the few. I mean, I've had some other people in fellows programs that have been with some, uh, you know, Remax is a, a brand that's, you know, has people that operate a little bit more independently. But uh, Better Homes and Gardens, I think there's some, some, you know, alignment with some of the people that are in fellows. Um, but, but in general, I'm a proponent of, you know, business situations that make sense. 
for people. It's like, and some people franchises yeah. make a lot of sense. And I, I don't see that as, I think there's many people that take a strong stance on, well, you have to be independent or you have to be part of a, a company. And I think it, 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 one size does not fit all in this industry. And some, for some people, a franchise is a great fit. And, um, and, and, you know, as long as if you stay strong, then you can always choose to be independent. I mean, that's something that can, that, you know, when your contract is up for renewal, you can decide to go. So, uh, so great. Well, I, I just knew people would have questions about that. So I, I decided to ask it. So, um, just to wrap up, tell us a little bit about, you know, right before we got on the call, um, what are you working on now? Like, what are your current projects? And you mentioned one earlier, feel free to mention it here. And you know, that uh, I'm curious as to where you're going with your company now. Um, well, uh, one thing is, uh, well, our mission for the year, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that, you know, that, you know, each year we have our awards banquet in January and that's when we kind of have our state of the company address. And, uh, we, you know, we give everybody an outlook for the year and, you know, continue our, our mission of people helping people and, and how we're going to do that. But one thing we made clear this year, um, that our intent from the leadership role in the company itself was one thing. We wanted to make it really clear to the agents. Our number one priority is to bring more and more and more value to you and uh, in whatever form or fashion that may be. Uh, but that is our focus, you know, is, is to constantly bring on things that are that provide value to you. And uh, not just, you know, things that make us look good or get us exposure, but things that, that work. Uh, one of the things that we just launched on Wednesday last week, so it's been a week now, um, was uh, a real estate app for, you know, Android, iPhone, iPad. It works on all of them. Um, but I, I really believe in uh, mobile first and almost, you know, mobile primary, uh, if you want to coin it a phrase yeah. um, that uh, you know people are so out and about now um, I, I just feel you know from hearing Spencer Raskoff talk about you know there's their traffic on their own site versus their app you know it surpassed like two years ago the app uh, passed the website for Zillow um, in traffic you know so the division of you know they passed the 50-50 mark and I, I think it's like in the 70s now percent of traffic to Zillow is on their app, their mobile mm-hmm. devices versus the, the regular website. Um, and we had reached a, a point where we were trying to make a decision on, you know, do we update our website or what? Um, and, you know, uh, I, I proposed, you know, going mobile m- mobile primary, uh, mm-hmm. not just mobile uh, first. I'm sure you've heard of, you know, that a yeah. hundred yeah. times, but mobile, mobile primary meaning like all I did was convert our website into a, a a brochure about our company and a way to find our agents, but didn't focus on it being a super tool to find real estate. Uh, that's where I went with, you know, this idea with the app. And uh, one of my agents and I, you know, were the ones that kind of concepted it from the beginning. And uh, it's called Homescope. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, like I said, it's available on anything, but it, it's only for our market here. And uh, it's tied directly into the MLS servers that house all the MLS data. So it's, the most current, most accurate app uh, for the consumer to use. And it's a consumer app. It's not an agent app. It's a consumer app. Um, and it, you can brand it. Each agent here has the ability to, you know, have it branded for them. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a really, you know, unique, you know, way to stay engaged with your client. And that was what the value proposition was of it, was teaching them how to use it as a tool to keep them connected to their clients uh, when they're in the home search, you know, environment so where are they at they're out and about you know here's an app and uh anybody listening if you want to check it out the quality is there it's awesome but that was one thing that we did it was uh you know uh launch that app another thing that we're and you know, well, i just want to say I'm, i i downloaded the app you texted me right before we got on uh, and this is a great app i mean you can draw your own uh areas you can draw your own shapes to uh, proper areas you want to search for properties and it has really nice presentation of the properties themselves. So this is an impressive uh, app you built. Really, really well. It does uh, augmented reality as well. I saw that. Um, locally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's really cool too. And people don't know a lot about it yet, but they will. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the next, over the next 12 months, I feel. Um, you know, my, our advantage with this, in my opinion, is we have an encapsulated market here because um, this, this app was built for these two counties. 
Right. And that's all it has. It doesn't have real estate all over. It's real estate here. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the app. And I guess, you know, before we get on this call, I was telling, um, you know, the, the local the local newspaper and, you know, the major publication we have here called The Land Yap picked it up um, as their primary story that uh, is going to uh, hit the uh, newsstands in the morning. Uh, so that's pretty cool, too. So I'm, I'm anxious to see, you know, how much um, traction we get with it just from a consumer standpoint um, outside of our uh, in each agent's uh, sphere of influence and, and current life uh, database of clients or whatever. Um, one other thing that we're doing as well, though, is uh, adapting uh, a program that we found last last year at Inman uh, called Updater. Have you are you familiar with Updater? Yeah, I am. That's uh, used post closing to you know update all your information, uh, transfer utilities, yeah, transfer utilities, and update your mailing address with everybody and all that kind of stuff. Very cool app. Very cool. Very affordable. Um, we're providing it for our entire brokerage. Um, Jenna Jenna Wienerman is. Uh, my buddy up there, and she's taking care of us too. Uh, here's the thing that that goes to the value again. Um, each agent here will have a branded version of mm. Updater to work with their clients. So it's not you know just company branded; it's agent branded. And that was the point with the yeah. app as well. It's agent branded, and that's where the agents you know feel the value. Yeah. Because um, it's them and them as the brand uh, growing, and uh, you know so that's. That was another thing we liked about the uh, Updater app to provide to all our clients for our agents to be able to provide for them. Yeah, I, I did a little bit of work with them. I'm a mentor with the National Association of Realtors um, you know, incubator project, and they were in that uh, last year. And I, I really, I'm, I'm glad to hear you picked them up. I thought they had a very good quality product, so that's fantastic. They do. Um, and then uh, I guess like one last thing I would just mention is, um, uh, yeah, I turned 35 this year. And um, I'm really trying to define, you know, the that thing that I'm going to uh, focus on, you know, that I bring to the things that I'm involved in with the company or, you know, whatever, you know, that I interact with. Um, and I'm really defining uh, m m deeper into my design and marketing, uh, uh, you know, what – trying to take it to another level of uh, – of thinking really or theory behind you know the, the style and stuff like that um, and I'm really trying to get uh, a lot of knowledge on how the brain works with stimulus and triggers and everything like that and implement that into real estate marketing um, and this market here is like my test market you know to try these things out on but you know if this thing continues to grow I would love to uh, you know grow with it um, because there's so much to learn about how to how how to influence the the brain um, and why, how, what makes it influenceable, you know, stuff like that. But uh, really intriguing stuff I found so far that um, you know makes people make decisions, and that's what this whole game of sales or service is really all about. Um, number one, helping them be able to remember you, and two, uh, helping them be able to make the right decisions without talking them into anything, you know, mm -hmm. letting them actually see it and. Uh, you know, see the value and, and make it a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. So continuing your, your kind of study of marketing and evolution of your thinking and in, in how people make decisions and how um, messaging and marketing influences them. That's right. Yeah, you know, that's I true. built a website called Layton X, mm -hmm. just the letter X, and that's kind of where I'm going to be dumping, dumping most of my ideas and, you know, examples of different things. Um, so, I mean, it's not like my major pro project right now, but it's just where my yeah. catch-all is, Yeah. Um, com. That's great. Um, so last question, what what do you hope to um, contribute to the, you know, the people that are participating in our fellows program? What do, what do you want them to get out of it, uh, out of being in it, and, and why are you involved? Um, you know, I, I think I have an opportunity to learn um, uh, as much, if not more, uh, than, than the participants, you know, just by engaging with them in, in different ways that we, that we'll have the opportunity to, mm -hmm. um, with the content, just one-on-one -on -one stuff, you know, the leadership with T3. Um, I know this probably sounds like a selfish you know, thing, but like, I mm -hmm. just saw it as an opportunity to grow 
and continue to grow mentally and you know you know making the the talent and the the skill of the craft of marketing and real estate and technology where they all come together um mm -hmm. being a part of that that movement to to continue pushing it forward um mm -hmm. i believe in that that movement that passion i'm you know passionate about you know the commitment of you know standing for that in this industry and uh i'm comfortable with it and i believe in in what the t3 program is doing um you know you guys have you know really shown that it's not about um it's not a commercial about you guys um it's it's the highest concentration of impactful content and knowledge I've seen in a program in real estate yet. And when I had the opportunity to become involved in that, I was like, are you kidding? Um, you know, uh, so, you know, it was like, yes, you know, I want to be in on that. So, you know, that's my impression of it. I think those that get involved with it uh, will benefit immeasurably if they take it and run with it but just like anything you know you can't want it for them more than they want it for themselves if they'll you know if they'll take it and run with it man get out of their way yeah excellent excellent well Leighton thank you so much this has been a terrific uh, just a terrific little over an hour we spent together uh, and I know that the you know the t3 fellows are gonna get a lot out of listening to you know what you've accomplished and how you've done it um, so I, I, I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with them and getting comments and feedback and just want to thank you for your time today and, and sharing, you know, your journey and what you've learned and, and how you've developed as a, as a leader in your own business. So I, again, well, thank, thank you, Jack. Thanks for the opportunity.